You're not in the real north. No, I'm wearing a t-shirt because I've had <laughs> my heating on. Uh... Oh, Rub it in, why don't you? Oh my god! If anything, I'm too warm. Oh, uh... oh. I will end you. Hello and welcome all into the MO podcast. As always, you're here with me, Consumation Sam. And me, Atreya. I'm freezing. And today, we are going to be talking about reincarnation and not Atreya's boiler situation. <laughs> uh, I mean, I might die of, like, exposure, and then if I if I come back as a different person... I'll record another episode with you. Well, there we go. See, we can link. And I'll it be all like, fits. "Yeah, I'll be like, hi, I'm Atreya version two. I've come back, or I'll probably be like, I don't know, five, going, hi, I'm Atreya version two, and I've come back to record a really inappropriate episode of the Mo podcast, and I'm five because if I waited till I was like grown up now, you would be dead because you'd be really old." Yeah, I'm gonna state it now. I'm not gonna do a podcast with a five year old. That's. <laughs> Not, gonna Not even a five-year-old that comes up to you and says, I'm a Atreya 2.0. I'd be like, no, where is to catch a predator, people? How how did they know? What's going on here? They didn't where even reply to that email. Uh, <laughs> You're the worst. So, yeah, reincarnation. So, most religions and cultures believe in reincarnation in some way or another. So, the Christians believe that the body is just a vessel for the soul, which will go to heaven and it'll be reuniting with all your dead ancestors and childhood pets. The Hindus believe that, dependent on how much karma you've gained during your life, you once you die you either get reborn in heaven or hell or as any other living being on earth and even the vikings had valhalla doesn't valhalla sound like an awesome place to go after you die though to be honest with you out of the three i would take valhalla any single step of the day like just drinking and shouting and sitting in front of big roaring fires and hanging out with a bunch of vikings all yeah. over that. And Do wolves. it tomorrow. It'll be it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but even though, personally, I believe that when you die, they throw you in a hole. That's it. Dead. Nothing more. Blackness. Uh, could reincarnation have any truth to it? And even if it did, could you remember a past life? Now, you've had experience at this. Not saying you've died before, but <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time I've come back. Yeah, just, um, just on the podcast. It's not really experienced, but, uh, <laughs> but you've had, uh, was it past life therapy? I did a past life regression. Yeah, yeah. How... I got I got I found a deal on the internet, and my mum was like, "This could be interesting." Group so on for a laugh. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so for a laugh, we went and and did it. Um, I don't know really if I. 
I don't know, right, so they basically, they kind of put you in, like, this deep, kind of relaxed, kind of meditative state, and then they'll say to you, like, take me back to um, your first life and things like that, and then you kind of, it's like watching a movie in your head, and then you're talking to the hypnotist about what's going on and things like that, and I don't know, like... It was cool, but at the same time, like, the three past lives that she took me through, like, the first one was ancient Greece, which I know a lot about. Yeah. <laughs> the second one was um, the, the the 1960s with all the cool cars, which I know a lot about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not even that far away. No, and then the other one was, um, like, the medieval, like, the Tudor age which I know a lot about. So it's like, mm, and I did give her like loads of like names and dates and, and things like that. And I kind of went over and like checked them. Like I went to the library and I went online and stuff and checked names and stuff and nothing came up. But to be fair, I could search my own family history now and it brings up absolutely fuck all. So <laughs> like you've re- you've got, a, you've got to have the, patients to go to the local records offices and things like that and I couldn't be asked with that kind of stuff yeah. um so I don't know I think maybe it's, maybe maybe it is true but maybe it's people's imagination so did you want think. to believe that that was your past lives or did you think as soon as you got out of there like well I you'd ask me leading questions that I told you well do you know what it is I I, I kind of really didn't want it to be my past I really didn't want it to be true because they were all fucking horrible <laughs> like the first one I, like, I didn't have any nice past lives like the first one I was a lonely old mute man who could only communicate with hand signals I was a beggar on the street and I died of pneumonia then like f- friendless homeless alone <laughs> the, this, the 1960s I was a man again um I didn't have a, a girlfriend or I didn't have any family. I mean, I, well, I had a, a sister or something. I worked in a shitty canning factory and I got killed by a fucking being on the highway and getting hit by a fucking truck on the wrong side of the road. And then in the last one, I was a lady in waiting, sad and alone at 35, which is ancient in medieval times. And I, and, and I ended up being so lonely and just sick of my life that I threw myself off the tower of the castle where I was living so not on board with any of those lives really wow so if there is past lives this is the best life you've had <laughs> so far fucking hell yeah uh, but she did like she did say as well and I have read since that a lot of people do it because not because they think that they've lived before but because they want they th- the theory is that it can interpret something in your life now that you potentially are not happy about but you don't realize like i didn't realize it at the time but it was only like years later that i think i was like no friends i in and out of boyfriends no friends like i just uh, I, and i had to be i had to be in a relationship i had that i had i couldn't just i was never single for very long i just had to be in a relationship i dived into each one and like maybe that was my brain's way of saying look you're scared to be alone like look you died alone all those times so you're you're framed you didn't really die because you've never lived before mm. but you were scared of being alone 
Yeah. Stop dating every guy in college. Yeah. Betray the bike. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's an interesting perspective of it. But there's two standout stories from reincarnation or past life regression is and there's two of them that actually stand out now the first one is the pollock twins which is so john and florence pollock lived in hexham in england now they had three children joanna who was 11 anthony who was nine and jacqueline who was six now these three children were unfortunately killed in a car accident in 1957 now, obviously, I use the well. I use the word accident loosely there because they were targeted by a woman who had had her own children taken away, and she was on a cocktail of drugs at the time. So they were killed as they were walking to walking down the street. Now the family were hit hard, obviously, as any death of a child is. But John, who was a converted Catholic, he truly believed in reincarnation and he was convinced that the girls would return to them by some means. Now, less than a year later, the couple had fell pregnant again. And even though they were told it was only one baby, the doctor had only heard one heartbeat and there was no history of twins within the family. On October the 4th, 1958, Florence gave birth to identical twin daughters. They named them Gillian and Jennifer, and while both of them had birthmarks, Jennifer had one in the same place on her hip as Jacqueline would have, who was the uh, six-year-old that died, and she also had a birthmark on her forehead that was similar to a scar that Jacqueline had in the same place. So... The family moved away from Hexham when they were three months old. They moved to Whitley Bay, which is 30 miles east of Hexham. And Bit of a downgrade. I mean, it's a bay. They're on the coast. Uh, Whitley Bay's like Magaluf of the north. Say not like it's a bad thing. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, when the girls were three years old, they asked for their old toys, and they actually used the names that Joanna and Jacqueline had named these toys. The toys were stored up in a loft, and when the parents got them down, rather than fight over them, the twins divided them up in the same way that Gillian and Jacqueline would have done many years before. Now, when the girls were four, the family moved back to Hexham, and without ever being there before, and their young age, their girls could point out landmarks, like the school that Joanna and Jacqueline went to, Joanna and Jacqueline's favourite park, and Hexham Abbey, for some reason. Morbid. Abbey, isn't it? It's an abbey, you know? Yeah. uh, But... So, the twins also had a fear of cars, and one time while walking down the road, they both screamed and grabbed each other's hands, telling their father that the car was coming to get them. Uh, Not Christine, love, calm down. (laughs) There was another instance where Florence overheard the twins role-playing. Gillian was cradling Jennifer's head, saying, the blood's coming out of your eyes, that's where the car hit you. 
So well, these kids are going to grow up to be serial killers. Yeah. Now, by the time they were five, the twins started to grow out their past life memories and they went on to live their own independent lives with their older sister's memories. Now, not saying that they forgot about them, but they kind of moved on and lived their own lives and they grew out of this stage. But this is one of them where you go, okay, this is interesting. But grief hits hard. And especially if one of the parents already had one foot in the reincarnation belief. I think this is kind of one of them where it's kind of passed down subliminally or subconsciously Mm. to the children that they had sisters that were Mm -hmm. sisters and a brother that were killed in this accident. And I think the names of the toys is something because I don't know how it went down, but I think maybe you recycle toys if you've got children. Really? Yeah, and maybe you? like, I mean, I would assume that kids would name toys, like say if you if you hadn't been to school yet, and so the only real interaction you'd had was with your parents, you're not going to pull a name out of your ass that you've never heard before. It's presumably going to be something that you've heard from your mum or your dad. So it might be that the, they named, maybe they named the toy, I don't know, Gerald or something like that originally and Gerald was a name that was bandied around so the new twins were latched onto that name and they called that that toy that just coincidentally happened to be the same one that the other kids called Gerald because Gerald was a name bandied around yeah you know? yeah exactly and it's like even if the toys weren't out in the open it's maybe you wouldn't have a shrine but you'd have some kind of recognition of and maybe keep a toy in the house that's in plain mm-hmm. sight and then when the children they're crawling and it's like oh no that's that's joanne's leave that there and by the time yeah. they it, it, it's kind of grown onto them uh mm-hmm. i think that's kind of something and as well the history of no twins i mean twins have got to start somewhere that's what i was thinking <laughs> Every family has a no history of twins at some point. Yeah. It, 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 to have twins. There's not like one family <laughs> pumping out all the twins in the world and then that's where it starts. There's no patient zero for that. It it does just happen. And if if that was like if they were linking that to the kids that they lost in the car crash, wouldn't they have had triplets? Yeah, exactly. I mean poor Anthony's <laughs> forgotten in this. So poor lad and, is and, like and Anthony was just like he was like up in heaven and he was like, fuck that for a game of soldiers. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm going to Valhalla in a sec. Yeah, I'm not going Balls back there. To this. Yeah, I'm not going back there. <laughs> Jesus. You move, they're moving to Whitley Bay. For Valhalla. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> uh, and as well, even the doctor only hearing one heartbeat. It was the 60s. Do you know what I mean? They didn't have ultra scans. They didn't have like... What if their hearts were beating at the same time? <laughs> exactly. Or like, what... What if one was in front of the other at the time mm-hmm. they were taking it and it was just like that two seconds where he was listening to it. Oh, the heartbeat fan sounds fine. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know how, how that goes, but it's it's the 60s and it's women's things. So this is going to be a doctor from the 40s who's, who's at least, who's like, oh, no, well, no, you look fine. Get on with yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> so I think that one, 
there's some things like going to Hexham where they've not been since they've been born and, and knowing these things. But again, I think it's a little bit subconscious. Like, So in a kind of fringe kind of theory. So, you know, um, you know, like people that have like phantom limb syndrome and stuff. Mm. where they think that they've still got like a leg or an arm and they haven't. Or people who have had organ transplants and they've suddenly been able to play the violin or they suddenly like a food that they never liked before. And, yeah, and yeah, had a... yeah, 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 yeah. So do you think maybe then, so it kind of shows that, well, I mean, it doesn't show, but the fringe theory suggests that your every cell in your body holds some form of memory, some of your some of your memory or something that is relevant to you. So is it not possible that, say, um, when the mother was um, pregnant, she already had all these memories and memories of the accident, the toys, the twin, the, the, the girls, everything. It, could it not be that they genuinely do have that knowledge because it was passed down in her cell memory when she was pregnant with them? Yeah, I mean... I know it's yeah, left field, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, that's I'd, I'd go over that than rather reincarnation on it uh do you, do you know what it is right and I, I only ever thought about this like I, I i spent a lot of time yeah i mean like not recently but googling <clears throat> all this kind of stuff not reincarnation but the organ transplant and the cell memory theory and stuff and it started because ever since i can remember ever since i was little right i've always had these two pains in my rib cage on either side right and it's like a stabbing pain, like somebody's like stabbing a, a skewer through you. And it just randomly kicks in. It randomly hurts. And I, I mentioned it to my dad one day and he kind of looked at me and he was like, where did you say it was? And I, I showed him the exact area and he goes, that's really weird. And he lifted his T-shirt up and he had a scar. He's got a scar on both sides there and there from when he had a collapsed lung. He had two collapsed lungs on two separate occasions and they had to inflate his lung by pump, punching a tube. Yeah through and it's the same area where i have the stabbing pains and i was like that's really weird and it just made me google it and it's you just never know i think dave's but he's got the boiler working now a bit toasty (laughs) (laughs) just that pouring sweat on screen i'm a bit warm now So yeah, I know it's like, it's left wing, it, it's left, it's not left wing, it's, it's left field, it's not left wing, it's definitely not left wing, it's, it's left field, but it just, I don't know, I just yeah. don't know how to explain, like if you, if you have an organ transplant from somebody that is dead and you've never met them before and you don't know anything about them because you don't know anything about them, do you? You're not allowed to find anything about them, it's GDPR and all that, mm. and then you suddenly decide you really really love beethoven whereas you know you were hardcore capital fm before carl Pilkinson strikes again uh yeah it makes sense to well what else could it be of carl Pilkinson. Uh, what else would it be i i i i I don't know. I can't explain that, and I will hold my hands up and say I can't explain that. It's uh, something that is uh, different. But in but the next one is a little bit harder to kind of explain. Away. I mean, it's 
It is and it isn't. But Dorothy Eady was born in London in 1905. Now, when she was age three, she fell down the stairs and she was claimed to have died. But she was brought back to life. Uh, she was only having a nap, apparently. And the doctors were worse in 1905 than they were in the 60s, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but when she when she came back to consciousness and she started going on with her daily life, she started exhibiting strange behaviours. Now, these included foreign accent syndrome, which is just what it sounds. She it's bizarre, sat, right? Yeah, she started speaking like proper cockney or welsh or something and is that a fo- oh is that a foreign accent well I, I, I don't well it is Suppose, to me, it is to, me. Yeah. Uh, to mm. us northerners uh <laughs> so she she had an accent that she never had before but she was three so how much had she spoke in the past but uh she also kept asking to go home even though she was at their family home now Parents just like were must have been so happy that she was alive. They just dismissed this, and uh, later on, Dorothy was banned from Sunday school because she called Christianity a heathen religion and refused to sing hymns that called on God to curse the Egyptians. Which, do you know what? That's I, I get that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. She was ahead of her time, that girl. She was. She was. Uh, <laughs> Then once when she was taken to the British Museum, she was still young. She walked into the Egypt exhibition and she exclaimed, there is my home, but where are the trees and gardens? Now, this was in front of one of the tombs of Tutankhamun. Now, during World War I, Dorothy was moved to her grandmother's house in Sussex, where she would study Egyptology, which at that time was in its infancy. There was... They'd only just started discovering tombs at this point, and she was doing this at the Eastbourne Library. Now, when she was a teenager, she started having dreams and visions about Egyptian deities, and this caused Dorothy to have quite a few visits to the local sanatorium, uh, which is a shame. Really, because she was just sleepwalking and going, oh, I dreamt about this. And everyone was quick to point the finger and go, she's a witch. Get her <laughs> in there. She just past people and went, Horace is in my head. It's <laughs> watching you. So at the age of 16, Dorothy started traveling around Britain, visiting the museums and archaeological sites. Uh, this was due to her father being working in films and he was often on location quite a lot, so he moved around. Now, she joined Plymouth College as a part-time student where she took part in a theatre group when they did the production of the story of Isis and Orisus. And she actually started singing a song in like old-school Egyptian for them and she had no idea where it came from. That's an inappropriate play for children, well, for teenagers even, to mm. be doing. But Isis and Osiris were brother and sister and she fucked him. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's inappropriate, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't direct yeah, was, it. No, <laughs> but he was already done. He was, he was dismembered. He was chopped into little pieces and she kind of 
put the pieces a little bit together and then, and then had sex with it. Jumped on it. Uh, Mate, do. Uh, in yeah. the 30s, Dorothy moved to Egypt and as soon as she left the plane, she proclaimed that she had come home to stay. Now, she married a uh, Egyptian scholar whom she had met when he was a student in London, who was Imam Abdul Megud. Now, around the Egypt, around where she was working, Dorothy was known as Om Seti because she and Iman had a son who was called Seti, and Om Seti meant mother of Seti, basically. So, during Om's early years in Egypt, she was visited in her dreams by an ancient priest called Hor Ra. I've been visited by a few of them. Uh, over a 12 month period he dictated her previous life that's what she did in my dreams Uh, dictated a lot of what I had to do to her Uh, which I'm dictated in hieroglyphics now the book took 70 pages and described the life of a young woman in ancient Egypt that had apparently reincarnated into Om now this person was called, bear with me, Bentrishite, <laughs> who was, I'm going to put that on screen because no one it's, will believe me. It, says, it sounds like an alternative version of Imodium. <laughs> <laughs> Are you struggling? Bentrishite. <laughs> Bunged up. Tummy trouble. <laughs> Take Drive Ben Uh This this was person was a virgin priestess that was devoted to Isis. Now she became one of Seti's Seti the first lovers, and she became pregnant. Now a high priest told her that this was a major offense against Isis, and she was forced to commit suicide rather than go on trial and have all her dignity. Played before the local Egypt people. Uh, by <laughs> the 19... local Egypt people. Well, the local Egypt. <laughs> I don't want to say the local this, Egyptians. But... Yeah, there you go. All, all the people, all the high priests, and everyone says Egyptian society. That's the word. Okay. Yeah, the local Egypt people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> By 1935, Om started to work with the Department of Antiquities alongside archaeologist Selim Hassan. And although she was uneducated, Om became a prolific and talented writer and draftsperson. She translated articles and mapped out newly discovered tunes for Hassan and later Ahmed Fahi, who were the first people to, one of the first people to go into these places. And sometimes Omseti didn't even need to go into these places. She just did it by being told of how it looked and then used her latent knowledge to do this. Uh, Now, by 1956, Omseti took a job in uh, Abydos in the Antiquities Department as a dress person. It was here that she led archaeologists to an undiscovered tunnel in the temple of Seti. She basically just turned up at the site one day and went, have you tried looking over here? (laughs) 
and all these archaeologists who were like Oxford trained and they were all sirs and rich people who were turned up went, fucking hell, she found it. What they were, and it's all men. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm very surprised they listened to it. If it doesn't jump out and bite yeah. you in the fucking arse, you cannot yeah. find it. Yeah, indeed, yeah. <laughs> they needed she probably it. just walked in and went, have you tried that big hole over there? What big... Oh. <laughs> the one that you all seem to be walking over and around rather than walking into. Have you have you not even had a look? Yes, fair enough. If it's not in front of us, we would never notice it. Uh, I agree. It doesn't jump out and bite you in the arse. Yeah. By 1964, at the age of 60, Arm was forced to retire due to the Antiquities Department's rules. Now, she was told she could get part-time work in Cairo, but she went there for a day and then fucked it off because she hated it. And she pretty much demanded... Yeah, true that. She pretty much demanded that the department made an exception about their retirement rules. So, she was allowed to work full-time for another five years. Uh So they basically went, it's the rules, you've got to retire. And she was like, okay, I'll just go to Cairo. I hate Cairo. Marched back in and just went, I don't want to retire. And they just went, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the esteem that she was held in uh, (laughs) around, around the area. I mean, everyone knew about her. And even after 1969, she still worked as a part time consultant. So even after they gave him another five years, and he went, "You can still work if you want, love." Like, <laughs> fuck the rules. Uh, in 1981, on the 21st of April, Omseti passed at the age of 77. And even though she wasn't trained, she never went to college properly. She never went to university. She just studied it all in a part time. Her knowledge was respected and held in high regard by several Egyptologists and scientists. Now, James P. Allen, the curator of Egyptian art at the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Art, commented, Sometimes you weren't sure whether Omseti was pulling your leg. Not that she was a phony in what she said or, or what she believed. She was absolutely not a con artist, but she knew that some people looked on her as a crackpot. So she kind of fed into it, that notion, and let let you let you go either way with it. She believed enough to make it spooky, and it made you doubt your own sense of reality sometimes. Even Carl Sagan considered Omseti as a lively, intelligent, dedicated woman who made real contributions to Egyptology. This is true whether her, her belief in reincarnation is fact or fantasy. Now, this one is a little bit more harder to disagree with. I mean, she weren't reincarnated, but I. I but how did she have that knowledge when nobody else did? I think because we hadn't got that far yet. Yeah, I I don't know, but I think it's like you were talking about like cell information. If I had to believe in that, I think with the head trauma that she suffered from a young age. Like, because everything's made up of atoms, isn't it? So mm-hmm. then maybe she inhaled some atoms of something. So she bumped her head in England 
And while she was unconscious, she inhaled (laughs) ancient Egyptian atoms in her house in England. I think that's that's a bit of a stretch. That's me kind of going, I'll hold my hands up. This one is mental. I do not know how to explain this one away. And it's not even the fact that her parents were educated enough to be having a dinnertime conversation about ancient Egypt. Now, Egyptian archaeology was at the pinnacle in the early 20th century when when she, she was growing up. But her parents weren't middle class. Like, they were, I think they were Irish, her mother was an Irish immigrant, and they worked, like, normal jobs. They weren't, they weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. If they were reading the paper, I don't think it would be like, oh, look, this, this tomb's been discovered. I think it would have been more, oh, uh, they lost at the football. And she, and she wouldn't have even, like, even in the paper, like, you you had, like, Howard Carter finding Tutankhamun's tomb and that... You basically just see the outside of the tomb and you see a little, like a couple of the, what do you call it, the artifacts and stuff that are inside. Yeah. She wouldn't have known, like, she wouldn't, you wouldn't have seen in the in the paper, like the layout of a tomb or anything like that. You'd have just seen Howard Carter going, outside one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's not something that she would have been privy to. And even mm-hmm. if she was, I don't think it would have affected her that way because she, by the time that was discovered, she was already wanting to be in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really think, but she, she's a very, very amazing woman. I mean, these are just the brushstrokes of what she managed to do. She learned hieroglyphics in pretty much a year. And the person that was teaching her said, it took him so much longer to understand what was going on with it and how to how to translate it and everything, but she just took to it like a duck to water. Uh, it, it's an amazing story. But I don't... I don't know if it's I don't want to believe that there's such a thing in reincarnation, but there, there can't be. Well, what, what about... <clears throat> fringe theory incoming... What about, right, you know how there's the theory that everybody has a collective consciousness, kind of like bees in a in a hive. What if she hasn't been born again, she just, when she hit her head, activated a part of her brain that is capable of accessing memories from another human being? See, that's, yeah, that's more eloquent than my she inhaled atoms theory. <laughs> uh I will give you that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we do only use, what, 10% of our brain or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone on Reddit like that I read said, if you start to use 100% of your brain, you'll have a seizure, and it's not good for you. Uh, so we do only use a small part of our brain. So maybe there is stored memories in there. You know, you can't truly delete stuff off a computer mm-hmm. unless you get in and have a good old lobotomize it kind of way uh mm-hmm. so may, maybe I'd, I'd much go with the theory of that it's the bang on the head 
caused some kind of innate knowledge that was already there rather mm-hmm. than the spirit of in, a past life <laughs> yeah <laughs> ben trishit uh <laughs> entered into her yeah <laughs> entered into her uh but yeah I, I mean it's it's i'd like to think well i wouldn't i don't know if i'd like to think it was possible i couldn't do this a fucking again i tell you what if reincarnation was true no i'm fucking done mate tapping out yeah that's the thing like at the end of i don't i don't really know many people that are like yeah i would love to live again like no no yeah. it's been hard enough the first time round. i'm good with just like you know flying around and scaring my relatives after i'm dead <laughs> yeah i mean i'd love to live forever that I, oh I, really yeah that'd be great oh no it'd be so boring yeah. Oh, it would be, but I'd, I'm like I've got no friends anyway, and this is all you're gonna you're gonna just carry on in your job for the rest of your life, for, well forever. Well, no, they'll start asking questions after after a couple of hundred <laughs> years, won't they? Are you still here? <laughs> like, well, I'd, no, you'd have to. I'd branch you'd have out. To, like, you'd have to grow a tash or something like a, like a one a curly one or something, and then say that you were your great great grandson. Just dye my like, hair every now hair, and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I've been recommended for this job. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you I'd, are the I'd spit of that douche. Yeah, uh, fired. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I have nothing. No, no idea what you're talking about. But he called you a load of cunts anyway. Uh, don't even know why I'm back. I mean, don't know why he recommended me this job. Uh, but yeah, I, I like, um, yeah, I'm done. Pretty much with this life. Uh, <laughs> You've just said you wanted to live forever. No, I'd love to live forever because then you can diverse. You've got plenty. You've got a game plan. You've got like right. I can do that and then go on and do that. I mean, I suppose you could do that with normal life. You could, yes, yeah. That's, yeah. that's called a personal d- development plan, dude. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. Maybe I've been for the past you just forty don't think years. You've got enough lifespan. <laughs> Past forty years, I've been trying to find a vampire to bite me, and I should have been planning on my future. Yes, you should have Shit. been career planning. <laughs> That's You've on me. You've been reading too many Anne Rice books. You're not fucking Marius. Get over it. Yeah, fucked up there. I'll be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> shit, I've only got about twenty years left. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit generous. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, well, like, subscribe, and comment, please. Helps because the algorithm. I've not got long. Uh, <laughs> shit, I should have thought about this when I was younger. Uh, Shall we start a GoFundMe for like some stem cell treatment or something to replace all your old genes with new ones so that you live another fifty years? Yeah. Well, I mean that 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 would be good, but I mean I don't think it's on anyone else to fund my shortfall in planning my life. Mate, at the end of the campaign, it would be ten quid you never had. I suppose I could <laughs> just about say I could buy some cigarettes, but then that that that, that won't help my life at all, would it? And uh, I, I don't, uh, yeah, it, yeah, I don't think it still I could would be short. Either. So yeah, yeah, have <laughs> to go to the penny fucking jar. Uh, <laughs> Hey dear. Right, on that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> reincarnation. Bollocks, innit? Mm. Uh, 
I'm going to have a good think about my life and life choices that have led up to this point. A bit late now. I know. Fuck you know. <laughs> Shit. This has been the ML Podcast with me, Conservatious Ant. And me, Atreya. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we shall see you next time. Bye! Bye! The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast.